good morning. Dave, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, hey. I am not going to do any introductions uh, <laughs> like I was usually doing before because I felt like, like, in case I missed something. So for everybody that's going to join us, can you tell me a little bit about you and then we'll go for there? Yeah, man. First of all, like it, we, we talked a little bit off air, but it's fun, like your Scottish accent is still like so much present after 20 years in Canada. That's just, that's just the best. My, one of my best friends, Liam, so he's from Sterling in, in, in Scotland. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm used to the, the Scottish accent. So yeah, it, it's a pleasure to hear it. You couldn't come to Canada this year because of the pandemic. But, I know yeah. these are the, these are the things we have having to bear. I know. Um, so yeah, a little bit about me. So I've been an online entrepreneur for um, 14 years now, 12 years full time. Um, I developed multiple companies in the field of health and fitness, um, personal development, but also business uh, development. Uh, right now, I'm um, full time at FX. So FX, my leadership development company, uh, we have tools and trainings for entrepreneurs so we help them become more productive more organized um and um and perform better on on the long term so uh that's what i've been doing full-time now for the past few years uh, i used to do business coaching and now what we do is that we actually certify coaches on our methodology for for productivity and um and yeah so i'm uh, i live on the east coast on canadian east coast so as, I, as, as we call it here, the best coast, <laughs> which is a real best coast. <laughs> Not like you guys say, like, it's funny in Canada because for, for our non-Canadian viewers, like the West Coast, what they say, like, it's the West Coast, the best coast. But we're like, you know what? No one hears about us, but we're the best kept secret in Canada. So, yeah, yeah I was born and raised on the East Coast. Uh, I'm a true and, and uh, hardcore maritimer. And um, yeah, I'm a father of two, happily married to my wife, Karen. We have two daughters and a seven and two. So yeah, um, my life is pretty full and, uh, and busy. But for anybody that's, that, that doesn't really know the Maritimes, you don't really have a Maritime accent. <laughs> I, my, my first language is French. There so, you go, yeah. Yeah, so my, my English is, is actually not too bad, I would say. Like, it does, <laughs> it's not a thick Maritime accent because my first language is French. Um, and my, I mean, my accent is very, it, even my French accent is very weird because I come, I was, I was born on a French island on the South coast of Newfoundland. And so right there, the accent is different. And yeah. I, I've been living in New Brunswick now on the mainland for 20 years. And so that's, and even in New Brunswick, I mean, I lived in South, Southern New Brunswick for 10 years and now I've been, uh, it's been what, uh, yeah, almost 10 years now up, up North here and the accent is even different here. So it's a melting pot of accents. It's a mess. No one can figure out where I'm from. It's crazy. It certainly is. I mean, I remember when I first came to Canada, I was like, I was literally straight off the plane, first house, you know, I was on my own. And this is like you said, 20 years ago. Yeah. And what happened was I hear the knock at the door. I'm like, it's kind of weird. People knock doors still. <laughs> and this guy's at the door and he was doing some kind of collection. And the minute he heard my accent, he's like, oh, my God. And he just went right into his maritime accent. And even I was struggling. I'm going, what? <laughs> well, it depends. It depends even where. I mean, the Newfoundland accent is way different yep. than, uh, than like the mainland accent. Here in New Brunswick, it's even different. Uh, the French accent, southern New Brunswick. So the French, they have something called a chiac, which is a mix between French and English. It's like Franglish, but like new brunswick version yeah so you can and 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 i mean 
is the first, it's the only official bilingual province in, in Canada. But it's very, it's very divided where the West is very English, the, the East is very French. And um, yeah, and the, the accents are different. Even here, I mean, I live in, in the Acadian Peninsula, which is, I would say the peninsula, maybe about 60,000 people. I could say I can, there's probably about five distinct accents like right in the peninsula. You can tell. Now I've been living here for mm -hmm. 10 years and I can tell where, where you're people from. are from. Yep. yep. From which town. It's the exact same. I mean, again, it's one of the things when you being Scottish, like you can narrow an accent down normally to within a town, city, that sort of thing. So when you come to Canada, and particularly anybody that's ever been, you land in somewhere like Toronto and the, the GTA, yep. everybody sounds the same. Unless they say Toronto. <laughs> They got a couple of wee words that you can tell, but until you kind of outside the French provinces, yeah. you hit the east, everybody like right across the prairies, yeah. right in the my, my, So Liam always does the Aberdeen accent. Does he? He says like it's it's even he's even for me like it's it's like totally different. It's like sometimes I can't even like the like the real ones I can't even understand what it is. It's like, it's like, but uh, you know that's what makes the world a great place, my friend. It definitely is. And, you know, I, I have to watch mine in Canada, even after 20 years. I think we touched on it. It's like, I thought yep. I was losing it. <laughs> Turns out when the Scottish people get <laughs> me, no, not so much. No, so, no, you're, no, you're doing pretty good, my friend. And the weird thing happened just the other day there. So my family, i married to Canadian, three kids. So I've got like a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old. They'll tell you they don't hear my accent when I speak to them because they're used to it right mm -hmm. but my wife just the other day there said was that you and they left the voice message it was some <laughs> scottish guy <laughs> <laughs> okay so there was a telltale um and then we watched uh greenland the other night there now a lot of parents yep. maybe know think that greenland was an appropriate movie but my kids love action movies yep they're like hey dad jared butler scottish <laughs> i can hear his accent but can he hear yours? Is, is Gerald Butler Irish? Uh, Scottish? Scottish, yes, he's Scottish. But no some Scottish yeah. people will tell you, doesn't he really have a Scottish accent that no Scottish person speaks like that? You're right. You're right. There you go. Yeah, my kids don't hear his that. accent. And my wife hears his accent. But they're like, yeah, but you don't have that kind of accent. Like, oh, okay. So there's definitely some in the language processing that we tune some things up. Accents and linguistics are fascinating. I love like, and even there, like understanding like where words come from and like how even someone could move to like, let's say you take two people, two persons from Scotland and you would yep. put one like literally in the same town in Canada and you put maybe living next to another, like they would, some people would get an accent, like get to a more Canadian accent fast and some people will not. And I don't know why like it's 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 just it's it's crazy and sometimes the accents just said like can vary from place to place based on very specific reasons you know what yeah. i mean and and we see it here the acadian accent you can hear it also you hear like different things in like the way in louisiana like the cajun mm -hmm. language which is basically descendants from acadia Acadias, which is yeah. like in, in in the maritimes here and some of the expressions that they use, which is old French, we still use them here, but it, they've been 
I would say transformed over time, but the root is still there on the way they say words and everything. It's just fascinating. Love it. Yeah, I, I geek out in the entomology of language quite a bit. And I'm like, yeah, you can't, like, that's not the way the word was supposed to be used. And look at the root and go back to like the Latin and things like that and mm-hmm. see the Greek and things. But on a subject to some of your past history, um, I see a little guy behind you who looks extremely ripped. <laughs> Is that is that kind of where you kicked off your career? Yeah. So it, it uh, so I, I was a competitive bodybuilder for many years, uh, amateur bodybuilder. I never turned pro or anything like that. But this is how it all started. So I can tell you a little bit of the story on how like I started, you know, developing online businesses. So I was competing. That was in two thousand and seven, and okay. I was competing in um, I was competing in Newfoundland. So there was that that show called the Heavy, Heavyweights Classic. And at that time, I was working for a cell phone company. I was bodybuilding. I was also coaching, like training part-time. And I was full-time working for a phone company. So I was managing different stores. Which one? Bell. Bell? You can can say Bell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, anyway, but it it was, it was, uh, I never thought about, you know, doing online business or anything like that because it was in 2007, you know, it's, it was like 14 years ago, but it's not, in internet years, it's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot, yes. I, so yeah. having an online business was like definitely not normal back in the day. So I, anyway, I was I, I, I was competing and uh, one of the guys that I knew from the local circuit, his name was Lee Hayward, invited me to stay at his house uh, in, in, in Newfoundland. He was competing as well that weekend. But I never really had an idea what he was doing until he told me that he was actually making a full-time living from his bodybuilding blog. And he, him and his wife were, you know, fully employed by it. I was like, and he had been operating it for like 10 years. Wow. I was like, okay, I need to learn how you do, <laughs> do, that. do this. Yeah. So anyway, I, 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 I learned. So he introduced me to, you know, online marketing, direct response marketing. And from there I became obsessed. So my obsession for, uh, for fitness and muscle became an obsession for online businesses and, and based on that, I started my first uh, business uh, pretty much right away and, and then went full-time in 2009. And uh, so we've developed multiple. So the first business uh, was a business where we were developing different uh, digital products for muscle building or fat loss. Like uh, we had cookbooks, for example, so anabolic yep. cooking, metabolic cooking. They're still selling actually today, um, but they, that, these were the best, the, the, our best sellers, you know, at, at that time. And we made a full-time living out of it for just that for, for many, many years until wow. I transitioned to publishing. So people were seeing what we, I was doing. It was kind of an anomaly. And they were like, you know, how do you do that? I, I want to go online too. And a lot of these guys, so uh, had actually audiences where YouTube, for example, started becoming a lot more popular and they had followings on YouTube or even Facebook, but didn't know how to monetize that. So uh, I partnered up with... Um, with one of my friends who had been an online marketer for, for many, many years. And we've developed, uh, we started a, a digital agency. So we were actually uh, monetizing their audiences for cool. them, helping them with that. That led me to own uh, a third of Bioptimizer Supplements, so a natural supplements company that we uh, that I got involved with. We turned it around completely and uh, made it a multi-million dollar success in 18 months. I stayed there for two years, sold my shares after that. And 
yeah, after that, I, I, I was doing a little bit of, of business coaching on the side. So people wanted to build an online business and develop an online business. And um, when I started coaching, I realized that all the, all the entrepreneurs have all the same problems when it comes to managing their time, managing their tasks, their energy, and that, you know, they had, they were pretty much going through the same problems that I've been, <laughs> that I, you know, that I was faced, you know, many years before that. So um, all the systems that I built around my, my life and business, you know, to become a better productive entrepreneur and, and, and more performant, if you want. And a lot of these concepts have been borrowed from sports performance. Um, I started to teach, teach it to them. So um, it's what I did. And all of, I started like very standardizing these, these systems and processes uh, and started a company called Epic to just focus on, on that and solve that problem for entrepreneurs. So, um, yeah. And then here we are now, you know, many years later, and uh, we certify now people on, on, on our systems and methodology. So were you still competing through this whole journey? No, I stopped competing in 2010. So uh, that was my last show. So I, from when, the time I discovered online business, I pretty much became hyper-focused on that. I was still training hard, but I became very focused on developing the business. And, and for those who competed in bodybuilding, you know, they, they will know it's, it's tough. Like <laughs> it is um, a hard process. And for me, like dieting and everything, like I, I just wanted to focus on the business. So no, and I did a last show. My last show was in 2010. Um, I realized I had kind of lost the fire for competing and everything. And I really wanted to, you know, focus on my, on my entrepreneurial career. So that's what I did. And yeah, that was my last show 11 years ago. So for one of the things I'm picking up on, so I think you said one, two, three businesses. Yes. Right. One of them you definitely mentioned was multi-million. And I think if you buy all the other two were multi-million. Yeah. Right. And you live in literally the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in the east coast of canada so as an example for anybody that wants to talk about holdbacks and or oh, you know i live in this remote place or people no interested or how they have generate an audience you're just any of the classic examples like uh, just get it done no one cares where you live that's no. the thing like no one and for me i was very clear like on the type of business that i wanted from the start right it was i really wanted a business that was giving me freedom. And one of this freedom was the freedom of location. You know, I wanted to have time, but also I wanted to live where I wanted to live. And, you know, I didn't buy in into, you know, the, oh, you need to get into a bigger, you know, a bigger city to have more opportunities or anything like that. It was like, you know, as long as I have an internet connection and I have a community that I can serve and also a group of friends that even can be virtual that I can see from times to times, um, it's, it's perfectly fine. And my wife and I have, have been full-time, you know, uh, since all that, you know, my wife became full-time with me in 2011 when wow. she graduated from her. So master's degree. So well, full-time she did some part-time, uh, and she was, uh, she was also, so she's a uh, psychotherapist. So, uh, she has a master's degree in psychology and she had, you know, her practice and, and everything at the start, but then she transitioned full-time and that's what she's doing. She full-time, she has a very, very nice business now. And, uh, in the French market. So yeah, she's doing really, really well with it. And in between time had two kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I don't know about you, but when you see it, a lot of times in the entrepreneur space and particularly a lot of the, well, I'll use the term experts. <laughs> a lot of them don't have children 
So when they oh, talk about yep. when they talk about balancing days and things like that, it's like <laughs> I hear you, right? I hear you, and I hear that we can all make excuses, and we can all yep. come up with reasons. But until you're walking in those shoes, yeah, you can't truly understand the chaos that happens every day. Now you've got your formula done by noon. How does a dad with two kids running, technically two, still two, three businesses you're running at the moment still? If you look well, at it like right, that. right now, no, right now, Epic is full time. So we, I've sold the, the the publishing company a while, like a while ago. Okay. Um, same thing. Supplements company was sold in 2016, and from there, uh, I became full time with Epic. I also helped my wife with her business too. So, uh, <laughs> on that end, I've, yes, I manage Epic, but uh, I also support my business with uh, my my wife with her business, right? So, yeah, no, you know what? Like it 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 changes everything when you have kids. It changes your perception of the world it changes your perspective on life okay, yeah you know and 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 the thing is that you know for me that that was really what motivated my my shift you know back to maybe a more simpler model because mm -hmm. when i was uh it was just karen and i you know my wife and i and you know i was literally at one point running three seven figure businesses I could, you know, I could work. There was no problem. I could work, you know, quite a bit. And I was young and full of energy and, you know, and, and I could do it, you know. And it, it started like really when my first daughter was born in 2014, I started realizing, like, oh, my God, okay. Like now I need to be even more focused or even more, um, I would say not productive, but that things needed to change. It was not about doing more. I was always pretty good at, you know, being very productive. <laughs> The thing was more about realigning with, okay, what do I want? Like, is this what I want? Because it really hit me in 20, uh, 2015 when and I realized that, you know what? Like, that's that's not the type of business that I really wa I wanted at all. You know, money's great. Um, I, I, I have, a, you know, great businesses, but the problem is that I don't have, like, as much, you know, the freedom of time. I don't have creative freedom anymore because I, I'm, I'm just doing quite a bit you know what i mean even if the businesses are, are, are running nicely still doing quite a bit and even though i had financial freedom that was not the driver right and from from the start you know i had to i wanted a lifestyle business like i didn't want it to scale you know a big business and uh i wanted something that you know supported my lifestyle if you want so i came back to that and when i started coaching kind of the transition thing was like okay well i have demand for coaching i'll coach you know, I'll coach entrepreneurs on how to run an online business. Well, this is where I, I just stumble onto the, the actual problem that I needed, that I had solved for myself and needed to solve for them, right? And uh, that's what we've been you know, doing ever since. And your coaching, when you started to coach entrepreneurs, were they mostly in the fitness space or were you finding they were just coming at you from all over? Yeah, they, they were all kinds of entrepreneurs. So we had people in e-com. I have, you know, uh, e-commerce, uh, digital marketing uh, agencies, you name it. I mean, they're coming from all over. The principles are, are usually the same, you know, when it comes to online marketing. But, you know, as I said, the main problem that people have, it's not, it's not a tactical problem. Like a lot of, like m having tactics to make money online, like, I mean, it's not rocket science. You can find that everywhere now. The problem is that, no one teaches you how to become an entrepreneur. You, know, you can you can have a nice, successful business. The problem is that you, if you don't have a, like the systems to operate as an entrepreneur, yep. 
and and really transition because for a lot of people that's a that's a, that's another problem now in in that you see is that people call themselves entrepreneur because they, before they haven't actually accomplished anything you know what i mean and and the thing is that when you start your own business and now you realize that you are becoming an entrepreneur and that you need to understand and you understand that entrepreneurship is a lifestyle yeah. that entrepreneurship takes a certain set of skills and we don't teach you these skills anywhere you just like you don't go to school to like understand how to become an entrepreneur you have to figure it out as you go and that's the thing and there's different pain points depending on where you are but the first pain point and that's the one we serve at Effect is when the entrepreneur starts getting like operating at overcapacity oh, and from there it's an interesting need... term elaborate what you mean by overcapacity well the thing is that like when you like you start your first business so you start with a specific set of skills right yep. so skills or passion or even both and you know you you're good at it so you end up building a business around that the problem is that when you start actually you know making money having sales and your business has a life on it, of its own, you realize that mm, I'm not doing the things that I'm, I, was, I used to do. I'm doing all these small things now that take all of my time. I can't grow my business because I'm just too busy. And I'm at the point where like, I just don't like what I'm doing, right? Or I'm burnt out, you know, or I'm totally overwhelmed. So this, and but the problem, here's the problem. People are not, proactive with that they are not they're not going to prevent it from happening until it happens right so this pain and it's going to happen to pretty much 100 yep. of entrepreneurs they're going to get to a point where they're like this is becoming out of control and i need help you know getting organized and getting um structured and that's what we do so we have a four-step process at epic uh done by noon is actually time management um time management framework that we have and uh, which is the most popular one because obviously it appeals to what they really want, which is actually working less and, and controlling their time. Um, but yeah, really like what we teach people is how to really address the four types of tasks that you have that any entrepreneur will face, you know, in front of, uh, will have in front of them in their career and, and how to manage them properly and uh, become more, more efficient and effective. So you mentioned burnout. Yeah, I've been there. I've crashed and burned maybe once or twice. Yep. And I think it's one of those things you see when you're younger, you feel like I can just keep doing this. And I used to think my insomnia was a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all did, right? Like, yeah, one o'clock in the morning, not a problem. Yeah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I done all that. 24 hours driving through the day? Not a problem. Give no. me an hour kip in the middle and I'm good. I used to think it was a superpower. And, you know, it, it helped me through my corporate career. It really did. But there comes a point when I think you use in some of your stuff the whole jar and rock analogy. Yep. Right? There comes a point where there ain't no more space in that jar. Mm -hmm. and it just either the jar collapses or it overflows and the next thing you know you're like yeah. can't do this anymore yeah. and i've been there more than once and i think as you said you touched on something about as an entrepreneur you forget about you kind of idea 
It's like, yeah, I gotta do this, and 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 I gotta do this. And the person you think about last is yourself. So I, I know mm-hmm. one of your puts is that while there's a whole aspect of process and business management, and one of your, oh, really? Thought I turned <laughs> that off. Edit that one out. Um, in your process, there's one block in your thing that I noticed is you talk a lot about self care. Well, that's, that's where it starts. You know, that's the, fir- that's the irony of it all. The first thing that goes out the window when you become busy is your own self-care. But the truth is your business relies on you, you know, and, you know, we, I, I talk I, in Done by Noon, I, I, I mean, there's a full part about self-leadership and that we call it the unselfish art of, of putting yourself first. Yep. And your business is, not, not, is only going to be as big as your capacity to grow it. And the problem is, or your capacity to lead it. And the problem is that because we're so bad, I understanding that before we actually burn out and, you know, <laughs> when the jar is too full, yep. as you said, and we use that analogy because it, it's a well-known analogy that, you know, many, many people use, like Stephen Covey used that. It's yeah. called the pickle jar theory. Go take a look. But Stephen, Co- Stephen Covey, like, didn't invent it, but he repopularized he popularized it. popularized it, yes. Yeah. With the first, uh, your wife first. will be aware of it as well in psychotherapy. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, to show really and, and um, to really show the priorities. And, yeah. and Covey did that in the first things first. And then, you know, he talks about it in, in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's, it's just to understand, you know, how, what, how you should look into prioritization, how you should prioritize your life and your business. And for me, I, I remember when I first saw that, when I saw Covey, uh, Stephen Covey do, you know, perform this, this, this metaphor with the rocks and, and yep. the small rocks, big rocks, the sand. And I was like, this is so much like, like a workout program, like building a workout program. You're not going to go to the gym and start doing little you know, a couple of sets of biceps here and a couple of push-ups there and things that are, don't make any sense. You need to actually, like things need to be in order. You know, you need to understand your, you know, your macros or you need to understand, okay, what am I going to do, you know, this day, this day, like what am I going to train? Then what type of exercises am I going to do? Then what type, you know, how many reps and the proper form and things like that. And then, you know, understanding what do I do on Monday, on Tuesday, on Friday, on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, et cetera. So you, for me, it was like, it exa- it's exactly like working out. So we use actually at, at Effect this analogy to, uh, to, con- to help you control your workload. So instead of like, you have only that many space in your buckets that you can fill and you'll for- overfill them. You're not going to, first of all, 100% sure you're not going to accomplish them. And second, your, your workload will be unbearable. Like it will be out of control. And you will always be behind and you will be stressed because you're behind. <laughs> and this, it's a vicious circle. So controlling your, first of all, self-care, taking care of yourself. Yep. But controlling your workload as well is a big, big thing. So, so you were saying there, you're talking about um, for your bodybuilding career, it was like schedule, 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 detail, 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 detail. It was like, it was planned, like. Everything. Do you think that kind of helped you as you moved into that entrepreneurial space, that level of, A, you've got the obsession, right? Mm-hmm. But B, you've got that level of planning and we'll say, uh, you, you, were, you were kind of focusing on some of the micro aspects of it. It's like, this stuff has to get dialed in because if it doesn't dialed in, I don't well, have the result but I'm trying to it, achieve. 
it, it, it helped me, but it helped me because I understood, like, you know, when you start working out, you never stop, start totally dialed in. And when I started, like, I, I didn't realize there were so many parallels between, you know, the world of fitness and the world of entrepreneurship. And when I started, like, my entrepreneurial career, I did the exact same mistake, mistakes everybody did. And so that's why I've built my own systems based on, on, on what I've learned, you know, in the fitness yep. space. It's like, well, I know this. Why am I doing all, like, am I doing it wrong? I, I, I know this. I know how it works. Let's just apply it to my life and my business now. That's how I, I build the systems that work for myself. And I, I use the systems for years, you know, after that, like, just, hey, it, were, it was my operating system for myself as an entrepreneur. And I realized that, hey, a lot of these entrepreneurs need that operating system for themselves, right? So, but yeah, no, I, I but I had to do the mistakes, you know, on an entrepreneurial level to do that. But when I did and when I understood what I was doing wrong, this is when my fitness pass really became my kind of my secret weapon, you know? Yeah, and I think there's a lot out there in the space. Um, when we look at, we'll talk the online space. They don't talk so much about the journey. They talk about the end and the, dest- the final part of it. Yeah. There's some people talk about their, their journey, but they're never really honest about going through their journey. They reflect back in their journey and say, well, I've done this. It's like, great. I, feel, I find it helps if you're talking about some of your journey as you go through it. Yeah. You know, it's like, I fucked up big style in that one. And like <laughs> you said, is that you knew all this stuff and I was the same. I knew all, but the first, I was too busy teaching and making sure everybody else was adopting yeah and no taking on i was like the biggest hypocrite on the planet in that one and you know um i had done it for a decade we're we're you know? humans are great to put themselves like their needs last and entrepreneurs that's the thing entrepreneurs do that too because the the and there's another big problem where i'm saying like it's not necessarily the entrepreneurs the entrepreneurs fault yeah. Because it's a culture that glorifies the extreme behaviors, yeah. glorifies the long hours. Hey, you're busy. Good. You know, you're working long hours. Good. You know, and, and you wear that as a sign of success. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm working that hard and everything. And, and we, we met and, and the same, it applies to everything. And, and the problem is that we, f- we fall into this, this, you know, vicious circle and the dark, I call that the dark side of entrepreneurship, but. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, we, we end up on a dark side and then we lose sight of what's truly important. You know what I mean? It happened to me when I was like, money is great. Financial freedom is there. You know, I'm managing great, awesome businesses, but the alignment wasn't there. And I talk about the entrepreneurial midlife crisis in the book where it's kind of like, like the real midlife crisis you could have, you know, but in a way where you have to, you rethink where you're at and where you want to go. And that's usually based around life events, like having kids, for example, that's one of the triggers. Burnout is obviously another event that can trigger that. And it's understanding like, where am I going? Like, this is not what I want. And you start making drastic changes. The, the, The problem is that you're going to make sometimes changes that, you know, that are emotional and you should look into like, take the time to sit down, evaluate where you're at, and understanding, okay, from now on, here's what I'm going to go. And based on that, you start crafting your plan of action. And one step at a time, 
you know, you move back towards the path that you should be on. And so it's not about doing, you know, fixing that with grandiosely, you know, fast. It's just understanding that there's steps, right? And that's what we're doing with, with the book. We have four steps. So the first three steps is really to understand, like really project yourself where you want to go. Where do you want to go? Learning how to prioritize and to plan properly. But the fourth part fixes the problem of self-care, fixes the problem of sustainability. Because that's, you can make the greatest plan in the world. You can have, you can be the most productive man, you know, or, or woman in entrepreneurship if you don't have the systems that protect your structure and prevent you from drifting and going off course again, you're going to do it all over again, right? So it's very important that to protect that. And the protection phase, which is the last phase, is, is say, we, we like, it's, it's the most important one because it makes, if you don't follow it, it makes all the other steps irrelevant on the long term because you're going to fall back into the same patterns. I like the idea of protect. You know, it's something we, we, I, I don't believe we do enough of, you know, we, we don't set up that level of protection, that level, that safety, the buffer zone. Mm-hmm. Um, having been through all that sort of idea where you just keep grinding, just keep grinding, just keep grinding. Oh, what, next day, tomorrow, next day, tomorrow, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So when people are coming to you, and I'm, I'm thinking about where in my journey, I was like, where would that came to Dave? At what point? Or do you find they're coming for all different aspects in their journey? I mean, you mentioned some have that realization at burnout, some of the realization at kids. Are you getting them from all over? Or is there a particular stage you think people are reaching it to? When that awakening happens to them, they're like, something needs there's, to change here. There's, so there, there's, there, there's two different, like, we fix really the first, when we say like the first pain point of entrepreneurial growth, which is, you know, being having an operating system for you as an entrepreneur. Okay. Yep. From there, you have two options, like, and usually you get that from entrepreneurs and we see it in the online world because I deal with a lot of, of on, online entrepreneurs, but you know, now it feels like pretty much every single business is online. You know what I mean? But it's like when they reach that, you know, six figure, you know, zone and they start like hiring people and understanding yep. that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting busy. This is when we come in because if they don't have this, an operating system for them as entrepreneurs, it's going to be very hard for them to grow the business. They can still push through. But as I said, like we now you enter into, if you don't, you enter in the burnout zone. And this is a dangerous zone because you can you can drive in the in the burnout zone for a while. For a long time. Yeah. For a long time. And until you realize that this shit is not working for me anymore. Yeah. Like I need to like and this is when you make bad decisions. So we catch them at different phases or at different, you know, sometimes they're very, very far deep in the burnout zone. Sometimes they ventured into like, I, I really need help because I keep going that way. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. not going to end well. So we try to actually educate them on this is what's happening. Like it might be happening right now. It might be, you might be at this, at the start of this transition right now, but now it's time to implement systems yeah. into your life and business. Right. And if you don't do it, you know, you're not, it's, it's like scaling a business. You know, it's like the second pain point usually comes into when the growth phase 
is as is matured and you're ready to scale. And now you realize that, okay, my job is not naturally like to do what I used to do is to be a great team leader, right? And, be, and not just a good self leader. That's another shift. You know oh, what God, I mean? Yeah, that is and a huge shift. Exactly. So I used to do that on the consulting side where I was preparing, you know, entrepreneurs for, you know, their switch in, you know, within, mm -hmm. within team leadership and, and structures and systems and processes. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, it's, it's, the truth is, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs scale because that, again, that's what You're the told to culture do. tells them to. And they realize that it's not because you bring a business from $2 million to $10 million and which is not the same as bringing a business from six to set to, you know, from, I don't know, $100,000 to a million dollars, which is not that complicated, but bringing it to 10 million is another, like you need to rethink the way you operate completely. And it's going to take different things. You know, it's going to take different types of sacrifices. It's going to take you to embark on a new journey. And a lot of people don't want, I, for, for myself, I don't want that. Like, when we were ready to scale at Epic and I had brought the business there, you know, I, I, I didn't, I was like, you know what? I know where it's going. I want to be there for my kids. I want more time for myself. And, you know, I, that's what motivated me to, to sell, to, to sell the company, you know, but because I knew what was coming. So you put the brakes so, on. Well, my, my partners had no kids, you know, and for them, I was like, you know what, guys? No, but they, they could go all out and, and work like look, a lot. And, yep. and I couldn't afford it. Like I, I had <laughs> I had one kid. We were trying for a second one. Like, you know what? Like, I don't. And it was not aligned. That's not the type of business that I wanted. I was clear with myself. Like, it's easy to pride yourself. Like, oh, I have this huge business and I made X amount of money. Yeah, but no one cares. Like, it's just, it's, it's your ego talking. It's not like, you got to think about what you want. You know, there's one thing in the entrepreneurial world that is rampant and it's a big problem. It's called ambition. We'll call it ambition appropriation. It's appropriating ambitions that are not your, yourself, mm -hmm. yours. You know, you look at what's going on on Instagram. You see the guy, you know, sitting on his new uh, Ferrari. This <laughs> no has. <laughs> Who cares? Like, who cares? You create things you don't want for yourself. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I yeah. But so, is, is, do you think that comes because you mentioned one of the, I think one of the first steps is that refocusing on vision, stock mission of what you want out of life. Do you think that comes to there? It's like, I'm just going to start a business and I'm going to make money, but that's where it's gone. It's like, it's no, what do you want for life? What, yep. who do you, who's the kind of person I want to be? Who's the person I want to become? And what am I going to do with that person? It's been a very sole focus on the money, which is important. And I have no problems with the money aspect. Uh, there's no sin where I'm concerned in money. We need that. But when it becomes your sole focus, you lose, I think you lose some of your humanity in some aspects. I mean, that's what I've come across in some bits of the entrepreneurial space is that you lose some humanity there. You do, you do, but it depends on, on, you know, on you and it depends on your ability as well on what, it depends on what you want to do. Yep. You know, I have friends and, 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 you know, I think all entrepreneurs at one point, which, you know, I talked about the entrepreneurial midlife crisis, but they are going to rethink what they're doing based on, you know, purpose and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
what, what am I doing? Like, what's what, like, why do I want to do what I do? Yeah, why? Right. And how can I do it? And I feel fulfilled by it. You know what I mean? Not just working for, I don't want to work more. I want to work right. And for the, for other people, I mean, depends on who you are, your depends on, on your own abilities, your natural abilities, your context, et cetera. I have friends who run huge businesses. They love it. They're totally fulfilled that like, they're doing great at home as well. They have like that ADHD superpowers that keeps them grinding. They love it. And it's beautiful. To, and they help a lot of people. And it's a beautiful thing to see. I look at it. I'm like, I love what they're doing. It's just not my personal style. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't have the same type of abilities as these person. You know, self-awareness is super important in the process. I was you know, just what fulfills you and, and what what gives you a sense of purpose. I'm glad you brought that one up. I mean, that self-awareness and reflection. Mm -hmm. Do you find that entrepreneurs in their early stages are not as self-aware and maybe not willing to do that level of self-reflection because it can be it's an eye-opener? They, they don't they don't have it. They don't have the self, and it's normal. It's like, you know, you start working out. And the first day of you working out, you're going to do, you know, X amount of exercise and you'll be like, oh, I'm sore. And you're like, it doesn't feel natural. And then you're going to keep working out for a few years. And all of a sudden you become second nature and you can lift a lot more weight. Right. But then you understand that. Yeah. If I hold the bar like this, yep. I'm not pressing as much as if I hold the bar like this. And it comes back to the sense of self-awareness. Like, okay, well, when I do this, I like, I get tired or like, or I need to eat, let's say, more X amount of carbohydrates versus and and the same thing. Like in in like when you look at when I was competing, some guys needed a lot more carbohydrates. When I was dieting for a show, I couldn't eat carbohydrates because I was I was just not losing weight. I don't react well to carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. I need to go on a high fat, high protein diet. And you only know that when you learn how you operate. You know, and it's the same thing with entrepreneurs. Like you need, you need to learn how you operate. You need to learn what am I great at? Like what, what's my true superpower? Yeah. You know, what triggers me? Like what drains my energy and all these things, you know, it comes back to it and it's a never ending process because what, you know, you react well to right now, you might not react, react in a few well. years time. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's, that's, what's great about it. You know, that's what makes the journey fun. But, you know, the self-awareness, yes, it's, it's one part. Self-leadership on a greater scale is, is what's really, really important. Whatever your journey is, you know, whether you want to be a lifestyle entrepreneur, whether you want to scale a business or whatever industry you're in, it all starts with you, right? And, and, and be self-awareness. The way we see self-awareness is, is three, um, so three layers. Self-discipline, self-awareness, but also self-respect. And the self-respect part sometimes comes later because they say you, you're great at beating yourself up yeah. early in the process, but then it's respecting yourself as a human. And second, respecting your vision, respecting where you want to go, right? And sometimes we don't, like when we, we, we you know, we have ambition, we, we, we have ambition appropriation, and we appropriate ourselves ambitions and ours. We're not really respecting what we truly want. This is why we end up unfulfilled, and um, and we end up in a place that we don't want to be at.
Yeah, I think, I mean, it goes beyond even entrepreneurship. You know, it's one of the things I talk about, you know, parents and kids in general. It's like, they have to live the life they want to live, not the life your parents want you to live. Yeah. And if you're a parent in perspective, you have to encourage that, right? And kind of live with the decision, knowing that you've done the best you possibly can to educate them to make the right choices. They're not living your life, right? You want to educate them to live the best life they can. And some days that's hard. <laughs> it is. It's like oh, my 13 year old, for some reason, says he doesn't feel the cold. I think it's teenage boys in Canada in general, but it was like minus 22 or 23 the other day there. And he's walking about to school with a sweatshirt on and a pair of running shoes. I'm like, <laughs> it's hypothermic weather, buddy. Like, jacket. You know? Um, but he insists that's just, and you just, I'm not going to put my foot down in that one. It's your choice. If you get cold, you get cold. I know you're not going to die, but it's going to be mm -hmm. bloody unpleasant. Right? And you're going to have to learn. But that that goes back to what I was saying about prevention is that entrepreneurs don't buy into prevention until they actually burnt out. The, like they're like, yep. yeah, it's great. Yeah, I can, but they, they don't adhere to it until you, they actually have their back against the wall. Like I need to change things. The human nature is like that. Like what, like, oh, you're going to have like little health problems. Like, oh, that's probably nothing. That's yep. nothing. Like, oh, I got a little ache there. Oh, that's, that's all right. And it lasts for a few months. And if, and then you end up, oh, Actually, I'm sick. You know what I mean? Like you wait until, and sometimes you actually wait until it's too late and too you end the treatments need to be, you know, like a lot of cancer patients. That's what like I'm friends with great with doctors. And that's what it says. Like some, they just wait for too long. They just brush it off until, and that could have been not prevented, but maybe, you know, we could have fixed it you know, a lot easily, a lot more easily if they, they came in earlier, you know. Do you find there's a difference between men and women and how they treat these things? There is. I, f I feel like there's probably like, we're, we're still in a society where men pride themselves a lot more yeah. on, you know, the money and, and, you know, the hustle and things like that. Women are more conscious of energy management than men. I think because biologically too, and actually it's funny because my wife and I always talk about it. It's like biologically they need to, you know, they have periods once a month. Imagine like men don't have that, but every month for like a week, they have like, they go through changes and their energies are shit and they, yep. they don't like, and it has to, they, they are more conscious about it. They understand it a lot more than men. And so I think a lot of women understand the, more the necessity of structure and the like that is what that's why i say now like in entrepreneurship now you have women entering the entrepreneurial world that are crushing it and way more than men because you know what the man cannot ride the wave of you know of 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 oh it's a men's world you know yeah. it's not like, actually, like, we, we, I'm a hardcore feminist. We, you know, I'm father of two daughters and my wife's an entrepreneur. But I'm like, I'm really I'm like, you know what? Show the boys club how it's done. Like, you understand it better. And I feel like they're ma making better decisions early on in their careers. Yeah, I think and, there's a harmony that we can all learn from and God. take a step back on that one. They're doing way better than men overall. Like, in my world, like, the up and... Coming entrepreneurs that I help, like mostly are women and they're doing great.
Yeah. Yeah. They say two daughters as well. Um, it's definitely something you, you pay attention to. And I mean, in some aspects, I don't even, I try not to treat them any differently, which sounds weird because I mean, I've got a son and two daughters. It's like, mm-hmm. you should be afforded the same opportunities in life, regardless of what it is. You know, yeah. you look at you as a human being, right? So you want to go and do martial arts? Go and do martial arts. Yeah. I don't care. You know, I'm supporting you for whatever it is that you want to do. Um, but we're in, and, and in Canada too, we're very, I would say, it's part of the culture where I don't feel like it's still there, you know, where, you know, the, that, you know, the, 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 the men privileges in some ways, but it, it's not like it's a very progressive society when it comes to like everybody's treated the same. You know what I mean? There's not, I don't feel like there's that segregation between men, women, or, you know, maybe, maybe the culture a little bit, but not the culture, but I'm going to say that historically, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just how things happen, but Canada is very progressive when it comes to, you know, all things equality. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I found it. I found it was more allowed to be me when I came to Canada, which is kind of a strange thing. It's like, okay, you can say, do. I, I don't know whether it was the age I was at the time. I don't know whether it was the transition. It just felt more comfortable for me. And I've never looked back in 20 years, mm-hmm. you know. It's definitely one of those things. So cognizant of your time, the guy that likes to keep everything spot on and to schedule, right? So anything that you would like to leave us with that we haven't touched on that you wished everybody knew? <laughs> you wish, I wish everybody knew. Um, you know what? We talk, actually, I, I, I love that conversation because we talked about a lot about, you know, life. And it was great not to be technical about, you know, the ethic methodology and, and all these things. I feel like, you know, it all comes back to things are going to change. You know, your priorities are going to change. You will want different things, you know, but all the, the, the key thing is extreme alignment. All right. Understand where you want to go and don't, don't listen to anyone, to anyone else. Go like back on track based on what you want. Mm-hmm. We have an exercise that, you know, we, we put people through. That's the, the starting point it's called the big picture exercise. And we get them to draw pretty much like draft their ideal day overall, but also understanding what it would be like to be on top of the mountain and look back at the path traveled, you know, and understanding what you did right, you know, where your money's coming from now, you know, mm-hmm. what your life looks like. And we get them to create a big picture for them. And I was running um, business detox retreats with Dr. Stephen Cabral's well-known podcaster, Cabral Concept. And we were bringing entrepreneurs in remote locations. And we were actually showing them that like, um, that was the first exercise we were asked them to do. We were sending them in the woods somewhere for a few hours and they were coming back and they were actually sharing that exercise with uh, what they wrote with others. And you were like, they were grown up people, grown up men and women crying, bawling, realizing how far away they were from the path that they really wanted to, to be on. And it's not the fact that they were not successful. Like, you know, 
they had money they they had a family but they it was like the, overall the big picture was not what they envisioned and it was reconnecting with what they really wanted and all of this it, it always comes back to mostly like the relationship that you have with your wife with your kids and also the relationship with your business like okay i hate my business now because i'm doing too much of this this and that and now it's to look okay that's great now you know you understand you have that self-awareness yep. but now let's get you back aligned on the right path and the big thing and that's why i emphasize always the frequency of alignment will help you prevent it more than anything else that you will be implementing it's like it's okay that you're going to be pivoting that you're going to be drifting for a little while but guess what if you have if you frequently check your alignment and you just bring it back bring it back bring it back on the long term you might zigzag a little bit but guess what you're going to get where you want always and sometimes you know things will change and maybe the mountain you were looking at maybe you realize that oh there's another mountain right next to it and this one looks a little bit better i think this is where i'm going that's fine you know you can do that but you need to realign you know frequently yeah it's that minor course correction that i've come across the same thing is that if you don't set yourself up with a destination you never know what journey you're on yeah you know and that minor course correction you know i i've done orienteering in the past years and years ago you know a degree off yeah but the further down the line you go a degree off yep is the further away for your destination so something that in a small one or two steps is something easily correctable but if you're just a slight wee bit off and continue down that path before you look up you're like how did it get here yeah you and know. that's the problem. Like when you like when you drift, and all of a sudden you're off your path, and you're deep, deep, deep in in the woods, and you're lost, and you don't. You're going to spend way too much time and energy trying to get back, find your way back, than if you had just course corrected. Yeah. You know, on a weekly, on a monthly, you know, basis, right? Understanding that that frequency of alignment. So, with the tools that we have at Epic, we it's embedded in the methodology where you have always to you know check your alignment often and and once you do and understanding like it's so you will go of course you go of course yeah. you will drift it's all the time all the time it is no end to it but use that as you know an opportunity to have better self-awareness to understand yourself in the process like, okay why did why did i drift why do I feel that way? Why was I low energy this week? What did I do? You know, how, and how can I get better next week? You know, how can I correct it next week so I can continue sustainably, right? And it always changes and your circumstances are going to change. And when, once you think you're, oh, I'm all good, something else is going to happen. And, you know, it's all part of, again, self-leadership, understanding that, having the discipline to do that too. You know the self-awareness but also respecting where you're going yeah we talked about it as so we have a habit of berating ourselves a bit much and putting ourselves down it's like oh you stupid stupid it's like no no no, no, no. It's, it it's, happens you know we, you, you realize that it's like nobody's perfect right and, oh, we and, and we're we're really bad at, at celebrating our oh our, terrible our, our, our victories i don't know what it's like in the east coast oh, but hey. scotland does the <laughs> 
and then they're no, they're no celebrate your own victory. You have to leave somebody else to celebrate. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough one. Definitely. But I think it's human nature. Well, we'll all, you know, it does the thing. And it, when you bring that human nature is in the entrepreneurial world, it's there. You know what I mean? And it's going to be more than often emphasized. So, yeah, magnified. So where can everybody find you? So you can, so if you want to take a look what we do at Effic, Effic.co, E-F-F-I-C.co. Um, if you want to get, uh, actually, we get some free copies right now, the book that we're handing out, donebynoonbook.com. And you can you can grab a free free copy of the book. Um, and yeah, or daveruel.com, D-A-V-E-R-U-E-L.com uh, to check out what I do. Check me on social and media. And what's your favorite social Instagram now. I, I'm always on Facebook, but I interact more on Instagram. Yeah. I, I'm not a very social media guy. Like I'm not like that <laughs> kind of guy is going to always going to be like doing stories and everything like that. But I'm 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 on there every day though. Like, you know, and I like whoever if you reach out, I will answer. And I can vouch for that one. We had some technical difficulties at the beginning trying to Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, you got you got you you DM me on, on Instagram. Yeah, there you go. Just to try and navigate through the system, you know. Life mm-hmm. throws you an error, figure a way yeah, around man. about it. You know. Yeah, I love that. And I use vo- voice messages all the time. I, I know voice. I'm bad for that, but I know it's quite a few people do it, and I'm like. I made one last week and I forgot it stops at 60 seconds. And guys like, you know, it stops at 60. I went, yeah. Dude. It happens to me all the time too. I just, I uh, expect on, on, uh, so it stops on, I don't know if it does on, on Instagram or on Facebook stuff is at a minute. And I'm yeah. like, sometimes like I'll talk to myself for like three and a half minutes. Like, damn, what did I say again? And it's a good thing. It helps us stay concise, you know? Yeah. You're using right. that one, it's like, get, get to the point, which I is know. something I'm not known for. No, I think you and I, I, I feel like we could definitely like, you know, sit down at a, you know, at the, at the kitchen table and, and talk for, for a long time, you know. I'm pretty sure. But thank you very, very, very much. Um, I totally thoroughly enjoyed it. The experiment I said we were going to run for the beginning worked well. I believe, you know, life is an experiment and you either adopt, adapt, abandon, but you just keep moving on. And thanks for making it easy. It was Thank an you, absolute my pleasure, sir. Absolutely. Take care. Uh, Take care. Have fun on the second best coast. And, <laughs> and I hope to talk to you soon. Awesome, man. Thanks very much. Take it easy. Okay, Grant. Take Bye-bye. care, my friend. Bye-bye.